The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, A rich man had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned them and said, What is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship, because you can no longer be my steward. The steward said to himself, What shall I do, now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do, so that when I am removed from stewardship, they may welcome me into their homes. He called his master's debtors one by one. To the first he said, How much do you owe my master? He replied, One hundred measures of olive oil. He said to him, Here is your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write one for fifty. Then to another the steward said, And you, how much do you owe? He replied, one hundred cores of wheat. The steward said to him, Here is your promissory note. Write one for eighty. And the master commended that the dishonest steward for acting prudently. <clears throat> for the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. I tell you, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. And the person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If, therefore, you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. The Gospel of the Lord. I stand here before you on this beautiful morning, a newly ordained deacon. It is, in a word, very humbling. It was less than 24 hours ago that Cardinal Sean ordained my class of nine to the permanent diaconate. Some of you were able to attend, and for that we are so deeply grateful. Fortunately for our collaborative, two of those nine new deacons have been assigned here to St. Paul and Resurrection. Matt Porter and myself are so very blessed to be joining you here. You know, I've been asked many, many times, dozens of times over the past six years of formation, of preparation, what is a deacon? What does a deacon do? I think at least some of you may have known my father who served here as a permanent deacon at St. Paul's for nearly 20 years. He passed away in 1995 and was 
His funeral mass was right here uh, at St. Paul's. My experience with my dad all those years ago, because I was very young, was purely liturgical. Hearing his homilies, the occasional wedding, the occasional baptism. But it wasn't really until his funeral that I fully realized what the role of a deacon is. And that experience that day, 24 years ago, last month, has truly been the driving force behind my vocation to become a permanent deacon. When I walked out of the church all those years ago and down the steps, I couldn't be missed because I was wearing a dress blue Marine Corps uniform. And the first person I encountered was a very attractive woman, probably about 35 years old, and she approached me with tears in her eyes and she said, your dad saved my life. And I said, how did he do that? She said, I was going to have an abortion. And your dad didn't tell me not to have an abortion. He simply asked me to pray with him, to spend time with the Blessed Sacrament right over there. And I did that. And then she looked down and she said, here is my little girl. Beautiful little three-year-old girl. And it, it sent a chill up my spine and brought tears to my eyes. And I turned and <clears throat> we parted friends. And I talked to dozens of other people that morning. But one other, one other sticks in my mind after all these years. There's a man and his family, wife and two sons standing right over here between the church and the rectory. And he said, you know, everybody had given up on me. My parents, my siblings, my friends, I had no one in the world. I was on a 10-year prison sentence, and the only person that visited me twice a week for that entire 10 years was your father. He never gave up on me. He instilled in me the belief that I am never alone that Jesus is always with me. And thank God I have my faith. We're back in the church. I have a good job. I owe it all to your father. <clears throat> Ten years ago, uh, my dear wife and biggest supporter, Heidi, became a Catholic. When I thought I was off the hook, family was whole, we were at Mass several years later, and my darling daughter, Isabel, uh, took it upon herself, she was an altar server, to whisper in my pastor's ear. And I saw her do that, and I said, what were you whispering in Father's ear? She said, you'll find out soon enough, Daddy. It's important to, to mention that my former pastor, Father John Cregan, was a career Marine like me, very gruff, guy, high and tight haircut. When he retired, he went to the seminary and has been a priest for over 30 years. So several days went by and the phone rang and the gruff voice on the other end said, Phil, it's Father Cregan. Have you ever thought about the diaconate? I said, well, Father, I'd be less than honest if I said I hadn't, but I'm not worthy. And he said, we'll let the bishop decide that. 
So he said, I want you to go see Father Ferguson. And I, he's the, what ran the diaconal program when we first started down in Virginia. And I said, that sounds like an order. And he said, it is. <laughs> so I went to see Father Ferguson and one thing led to another. And I never for a minute believed that uh, Bishop Laverty would choose me from a, from a candidate pool of 30, but he did. And it's just been a beautiful journey ever since. The word deacon derives from the Greek word diakona, which means service, particularly to those in need. So I aspire to continue my father's legacy that I think was clearly reflected in those two stories that I told you. And I will try each day to be the humble servant of our Lord Jesus Christ. As it says in Corinthians, we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus as Lord, and we deacons as your servants for the sake of Jesus. I don't want to get in trouble with my new boss, so I need to say a few words about today's gospel and readings. <laughs> gospel, the gospel today, you know, quite frankly, is a little bit confusing. We all know that parables by their nature can be a bit confusing. The parable that Jesus shared today in today's gospel with his disciples about the dishonest steward tells us far more about Jesus than that which is immediately apparent from, from the gospel itself. The dishonest steward redeems himself in his master's eyes only because the master gave him the opportunity to do so. In this way, the master is merciful in just the same way, in much the same way, as our Lord Jesus is merciful. The word steward is used over and over in today's gospel. And what is expected of stewards is that they should be found trustworthy. This steward is a sinner, but he is wise and he is prudent, not because he takes advantage of others, but because he has known how to regulate and transform his own life according to the measure and form of the life of his master. He has committed himself totally with his whole being, mind, heart, will, and soul, in, in, in imitating the one that he serves. The rich man knew that it was very hard times. He knew and he understood that when he had to dismiss the steward, that he was going to fall in very, very difficult days with his wife and with his family. And so when he saw how the smart steward was and how he had worked, the master was very happy and he complimented him, saying, the children of this world are smarter than the children of light. What he meant by that is that the steward had this wonderful ability, wonderful ability that got him out of a very, very tight situation. So what does that mean for us? Jesus came to save us. He did not come to condemn us. Jesus came to lift us up. He did not come to put us down. The master in the parable created the conditions for the dishonest steward to make the right choice. And the steward chose to redeem himself with his master. We have the ability every day to choose and Jesus wants us to choose to follow him. 
Jesus who sacrificed everything on the cross for each and every one of us. And isn't it the most beautiful gift imaginable that our Lord Jesus Christ is right here, right here with us today in the Eucharist. Although it's confusing and somewhat hard to understand, today's gospel asks us to open ourselves up, to look into our hearts and see Jesus extending his loving hand to each and every one of us. The central message of today's readings tells us that if we enter into a deep and abiding personal relationship with Jesus, if we surrender to prayerful obedience, and if we center our faith on the eternal rather than on the finite things of this earth, then he will always answer us. Brothers and sisters, trusting in God's love, entering into a deep and abiding relationship with him, will free us from the bonds of the finite world. We pray that the Lord will grant us a heart renewed and that he will recreate in us his own spirit. Let us go forth, not only enriched by his word, but enlightened by it. When you leave here today, will you always strive to look at each other through the eyes of love as Jesus looks upon each and every one of us through his eternal eyes of love? Will we all strive to renew the eyes of love toward one another no matter our frailty, no matter our failings or shortcomings or weaknesses? I will pray for all those things in all the days that lie ahead. God bless you. see